Okay. So let's, uh, let's go to Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 14. Okay. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 14. So uh, basically all the messages so far have been about covetousness. Covetousness. And what that is, I think that has been the majority of the topics of what we have been speaking about. Covetousness. Okay, so what we need, uh, we'll just go over that. And then, so what this just all tells me is that the Lord is very interested in making sure everybody gets blessed. Right? That's just what it means. So Luke chapter 12 verses 13. And one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Next one. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And the next one. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Right? So, so my patience here vandaag. Okay, so the, a man's life does not consist out of the abundance of the things which he possesses. And Jesus says, take heed and beware of covetousness. So uh, remember what I said that the reason we are looking at covetousness is because it's not to bring a guilt or a condemnation to you. The word take heed means to see. Right? It means to perceive. So if you don't understand covetousness properly or correctly, you will not be able to perceive or see that you are actually in covetous now. Right? Okay? So many times uh, we can't sit and think. For example, I'll give you an example. The one time I was, I was struggling with a feeling inside of me. Every time I saw... Uh, well, I was always pursuing spiritual things. And, and then I was seeing someone else being blessed spiritually with the things that I desire. And I just never felt nice about it. And I always had a, a problem with it. And so I somehow just couldn't get this feeling, and I know my feeling wasn't right. And I just couldn't get it out of me. And I was sitting on my bed, and I said, Lord, what is this thing that I am struggling with? Immediately, a thought came to me, envy. And I said, what is envy? Okay? And I, I can't buy a list in school. So I'm learning all new things. What is envy? And so I go look up in the dictionary, or I actually have a, a, a Greek and a Hebrew a concordance and a dictionary. And I looked up the word envy and the definition was a feeling of displeasure when someone else is being blessed. And I thought, that's exactly what I'm struggling with. <laughs> and uh, so now I knew, so at least now I could be aware, now I could discern my heart. Now I could understand what I was struggling with. Therefore I could deal with it. So the goal here is for you to see 
The goal here is for you to understand covetousness. And it's not so much... And when God told me I had envy, there was no guilt or condemnation coming upon me. There was no like, oh, I couldn't pray for two weeks. Or I couldn't talk to the Lord anymore. Immediately, when I saw that my tears ran out my face, and I said, oh Lord, just forgive me. Um, just help me with this. Alright, so... It's, it's to see. That's what the word take heed means. And the word beware of covetousness is... I don't think I need to explain that. You all know, beware of the dogs. Okay? That means Afrikaans, pass up. That means don't go down here. If you go through this, if you open that gate and you walk in there, you must watch out. Right? You all understand that. You've got to be careful. Okay, so that is what... And then the word covetousness... As we said, it's a, a greedy desire to have more. So that, that always makes you accumulate, get more, get more, get more. You are never satisfied. Okay? And it's a desire that puts you first or before God and His kingdom. So when you have covetousness, um, your desire is first. God is second. God always says He wants to be first. Right? God always wants to be first. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Right? So, God wants to be first. The, um, then the other thing is obviously, the kingdom of God must be first. What does the word priority mean? Priority means that which must be done first. So, in other words, you must check your priorities. What are you putting first? If God is not first, or if the kingdom is not first, then, then you have a desire that is above or before God. Do you understand that? And covetousness most likely could be that thing, that desire or lust in you, that is putting you first and God second. So, and if you go, and if you see that, covetousness leads to unanswered prayers. It leads to unanswered prayers because when we talk about prayer, uh, give me Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Verses 9. Matthew chapter 6 verses 9. The, this is the prayer of a son. Jesus is the son of God. And God's goal with all of us is to be sons. God wants us all to be sons. So, a, a child is not concerned about his parents, what they want. A child is concerned about what he wants. bike here and... Strijken my kinders. Hoe kom jy dit gedoen? Nee, ek wil. <laughs> ek wil dit gedoen het. Sê ek nee. <laughs> right? You understand? Um, so that's many times the cases with us. Hoe kom jy dit gedoen? Ek wil dit gedoen het. <laughs> I want to do it. Right? And um, a son has learned to deny himself. A son, a mature son, has learned to deny himself. 
That means self is where will is. That means he has learned to put God's will first. The, the best example, we'll get to that prayer just now. The best example is when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right? The Garden of Gethsemane. And he was there and he had to go to the cross. He knew he was going to suffer now. And Jesus said to us, If any man come after me, then he must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. And then Jesus said, If you don't do that, you cannot be my disciple. So, there is not, Ah, No, he just said, You cannot. It's black and white. Finished. There's no gray area. Either it's, either it's you are or you're not. I didn't say you're not saved. I just said you're not his disciple. That means you're not someone who's learning and following his way. That's what it means to be a disciple. You learn from him and you apply. You follow what you have learned, what you see. So to do that, Jesus said, to be that disciple, you must bring two things into your life. You must deny yourself and you must pick up your cross. Right? And the best example is Jesus. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane because all his life he never struggled with, with God's will and his will. You, you don't ever read of Jesus saying, God, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Is this you? Isn't this you? You're always just saying, I do what the Father does. Whatever I see the Father do, I do it. My meat is to do the will of the Father. That's my food. You know, and he's just never struggling with his will and God's will until the Garden of Gethsemane. Right? And the Garden of Gethsemane, now Jesus, the, the realization that he's going to go and he's going to suffer, hits him. Fear grips him. He's in intense prayer, fighting through to bring his soul or his will in submission to the will of God. The, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that David would write in the Psalms, he says, Oh my soul, why are you so downcast? Praise the Lord. He's speaking to his soul. Another scripture says, I will say to my soul, so in other words, he spoke to himself, right? So Jesus is there, and then there's this classic thing that we all know. He says, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Father, let this cup pass me by, yet not my will, but your will. So he has to deny himself. He has to deny his will, right? Now when you have covetousness, and it's strong in you, it's difficult to give over to the will of God. Right? What you want. Because covetousness puts in you a desire for things. The things I want. You see, that thing of I want. What I want and what I desire. Covetousness is a desire in you. So, if, if, you are going to, if you are going to come and be a mature son, then you're going to have to learn, then you're going to have to learn to do God's will. God's will. 
the Father's will. If you walk with the Father, if you want to walk with the Father, then you must learn to do His will. Right? The Father will always be there. For example, again, my children. I mean, most of the times, I'm actually, um, you're looking at how you can please them. You're looking at how you can do things for them. You know, um, go to places where they can also enjoy themselves. Like the one weekend we, we took them to Swakop to go to the, uh, what's this, play gym. You know, that because we know they would like it. So basically, you know, we do things for them. We take care of them and we are there. The father is there. Parents are there. And that's the same thing with the father. He's there. He helps you. You look down, okay. Takes care of you. Uh, make sure you get uh, your food and all those type of things. But my children aren't saying, Daddy, what's your will? My children aren't saying, what do you want? They just always come and say, yeah, ek soek lekkers. Ek soek chocolates. Ek wil dit he. Kan ons hier movie kreeg nie? O, boete is elke dag uit die school uit. Kan ons chocolate gaan koop? Dan sê ek, nee, net vrijdag. Vrijdag is movie en a chocolate vir jou. Maar elke dag kan ek a chocolate kreeg. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what we do. Every day, we are like, can I have this? Can I have that? Or oh, I saw someone else had this. I also want that. You know, you do that even spiritually. You see someone's blessed spiritually. Oh, he's now prophesying. Lord, I also want to prophesy. And then you see someone else maybe doing a little bit of healings. Oh, Lord, I also want to do healings. And then you see someone else getting blessed financially. Oh, Lord, I also want to be blessed financially. You know, you just don't know what you want. You're just full of desires. Right? You're unable to know what you want. So, covetousness does that. It gives you a desire for an abundance of things. You desire many things. For example, you will see someone uh, wear the latest Nike shoes. Now, yes, you got Nike schooner. You wear someone wear the latest uh, jeans. You also want jeans. You see that the trend is driving you. Not really. And because you have a desire, covetousness, the trend, the flow that is going in society is able to push you in a direction. And you're just going with the flow. Right? And, uh, but if you're going to be a son, you have to learn how to make the Father's will your priority. That, that is, a major, that is a, a major key to being a son. It invo- and to be, that means if I have to do the Father's will, I will have to deny my will at times. But you rest in the fact that you know the Father's will for you is the best thing for you. Right? You rest in that. Coming down to the prayer now. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Okay, next one. Thy kingdom come. Okay, we didn't get very far. We're just in the second verse after Jesus explaining how you should pray. Our Father. Okay, I won't really go much into the, I'll just zoom in into the things of the kingdom and the world. So, but when you pray, you should pray to the Father. Most people pray to Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. 
And I also pray to Jesus. But do you know that Jesus died that you might have a relationship with the Father? That is why Jesus died. That you will have a relationship with the Father. If you're going to be a son, you have to know the Father. If you don't know the Father, how can you be a son to the Father? Right? So, the second thing he says, thy kingdom come. What is the priority in prayer? Your kingdom. Priorities. Seek first my kingdom. Right? So right here you have to see it's the kingdom. He, Jesus didn't say when you pray, ask for your bread first. Right? He said, thy kingdom come. So he has, the father has an agenda. The father has something that he desires. And that desire is the kingdom must come. The next thing is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you have covetousness, you can't pray about God's will first. Why? Because there's a strong desire in you for what you want. Okay? I'm talking, I'm actually going to unanswered prayers. Right? Covetousness can be a key that you have unanswered prayers to the things that you are asking for. Okay? It's not always that, but it seems to be that, seems that the Bible speaks about it. It's one major key. Thy will be done. If you have covetousness, you can't pray about His will. Right? Covetousness leads to worry. You are worried that you don't have what someone else has. Okay? You can be, you can get depressed. Vambai gave us a testimony of how she was depressed because of covetousness. And then when she realized that was the problem, she sorted that out, immediately she found peace. Right? So, covetousness can lead to depression. You're depressed because you don't have the life that someone else has. You are depressed. You can get depressed or you can be downcast or you feel a little bit discouraged because what someone else has or maybe that person just bought himself something new or a new car or something like that and here you are, you're still driving the same old car or the same old thing. Oh Lord, when wilt thou bless me? Jesus, right? And um, so the, the, the thing with that is, is the father has a desire that you would be his son. And if you're going to be his son, he wants you to do his will. And his will is the best thing for you. Because many times when you, when you covetous or when you have what you want, again, my children, they were like, it looks like you're taking the whole world away from them. When you're like, you can't die, die trane loop, and it's die hele wereld silk in mekaar. And, and uh, you understand? And they ask me, what have you made? Who hurt you? Did you fall? Did you get? You know, that's, you can cry for that. But don't cry because we said no. Something like that. Learn to be happy with it. Learn to 
accept the no and it's finished. Don't go into tears and crying and all those type of things. Uh, go sit in the room. You know? Now, that happens with adults. We, we try to manipulate God. Go sit in your hook. I don't good what I want. Serious. I know. You know what happened to me uh, years back? Because I was after spiritual things. Then when, a, when there used to be a prophet come in, hey, you were like, you want a prophetic word. You have a word that said here for you. Now, I had a book full of prophecies. I mean, I, had, I have a lot of prophecies. I mean, well, how it happened with me, every time there was a prophet, I got a prophecy. There was, I almost knew, there's no way I'm not getting, a, I'm getting a prophecy. Right? And then, one day it happened, there was a prophet, and I wanted a prophecy. And I just never got one that day. Everybody else got a prophecy. I never got one prophecy. I went, and and I was happy for other people. I was really happy, you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm walking home and I'm thinking, yeah, how come they get a prophecy? And, and everybody else is talking about their prophecies. That they got. And I'm just not so lacquer. You understand? I didn't get a prophecy. You know, do you understand? You, now I am. You see, you see what we do to the Lord. And then we... We try to manipulate the situation. We are like little kids. Covetousness, things we covet. For example, the Bible says, covet or desire to prophesy. You see? So, um, so when it comes to the Father's will, you cannot put God's will first if you have a desire. You will constantly be struggling with that thing. You'll know what God wants, but you know what you want. Right? And to come to that place of denial of self, not my will, but your will be done, okay, takes sometimes quite a little bit of warfare in your side, like Jesus. Pray. That's if you really intent on doing. We many times have good intentions and desires we, we say things that we will do when we get. You know, many times people say, yeah, if I get a promotion, God will, uh, I'll give more. But if you're not giving now, you can forget it. The minute you get more, it's going to be immediately that desire will come up. You will see things. The, we'll re maybe read that scripture just now of the parable of the rich man. Um, or the man who was, I didn't say rich man, he said a certain man whose ground was faring prosperly, he was prospering. And he thought to himself, you know, instead of making plans you know, to give also, uh, he started making plans of how he can make room for himself. So that everything, so that everything that is coming and the way he is prospering can just all come to himself. Are you, are you all with me? So, so the minute you get a promotion, then you think about all the things you, you, you wanted, all the things um, 
and then you, you buy things, they're not even needs or anything like that. You just somehow, at the end of the day, you, you find that you've spent everything on yourself. I mean, and, and that we've seen so much. Okay? I've also done that. So, and, uh, so I'm not speaking as someone who's never done something like that. But I've now learned and I've started to, you know, make that adjustments. So I try to make sure I'm, I'm also always giving, right? Dus ek kom sê my vrou elke keer vir my, sy hoor ons het geld gekry, en sê, sê rakkie sê, maar sê, vir wie wil jy alweer gee? Maar sê, ek weet ek, ons bid nog daar hoor, ons kyk vir wie, right? Or vir wie, of where, of somewhere again. Right? So, the Father's will cannot be first. And if you are going to be able to make God priority, or make the Father's will your priority, or make the kingdom of God your priority, you are going to have to learn to deal with covetousness. How do you deal with covetousness? Contentment is the answer. To be content. Right? To be content. Um, to when you the word content means to put up a barrier. It means to put up like a defense. It means to ek het genoeg. I have sufficient. I have enough. Right? You have enough. What more do you need? I think the one Sunday I told you, I mean, uh, we, we live in a, a three-bedroom house. There's a, there's a braai area. There's two patches of grass, one at the back and one in the front. There's a double garage. Okay, I have, to, I have to open it with the hand, but uh, it's not the remote control. But, you know, you can't tell yourself, no, you need a remote control garage. <laughs> All those type of things. And, uh, and But I, now, through covetousness, I can be very unsatisfied with where I am. And someone else can come along and say, wow, GPS, you... Ik blij in een mooie plek, jong. Dus ik zal je omgeven om hier te blijven. En I am unsatisfied with where I am. And then, and then I told you, but somewhere down the line, someone else, I'm living better than someone else. But I am unhappy because I see someone else living better than me. Now I am coveting that. I now I also want that lifestyle. Now it causes me to seek, to pursue, to go after. Because I also want that lifestyle. And so I'm unsatisfied because this person is living better than I am. And so I am not happy with where I am living. I can get depressed because of where I'm living. But I am living better than someone else. I wonder how many people here could really lift up their hands and say, I don't have a roof over my head. Right? You can say you don't have clothes. You can say you don't have some of these things. Right? I don't have a, a, again, if you are able to do it, God bless you. Do it. You are able to do it and you are able to give to the kingdom and those type of things, then it's fine. 
But the problem is, is that when we spend everything on ourselves, and that happens so often, right? That happens so often. Nee, ek kan nie nou vir die Heere gee nie, maar as die Heere my meer gee, ek sal gee. You know what? Or, say for example, in, let's just take for example, tithe. Okay, we've never spoken about tithe really here. But uh, I tithe, and at one stage it was really going tough with us. And then I was still thinking, <laughs> still tinders here. And because everything comes you know, everything doesn't come like op een tijd. Everything comes piece by piece. You know, so I get year a thousand, there eight hundred, year five hundred, there two thousand. So it's always coming like this, and um, and then and then and there's things that must go off, and the things go off, and then and then it's you must maybe give a tithe, and this money that's in your hand is your is the tithe, and then think you know, you know, in the past, I, I would have, I would have also maybe agreed with someone, and said, you know, uh, if you, if you tithe, as I now give you that, how can I live, something I get, you know, but through the understanding of God as Father, I've come to learn that I can, that's actually how the Father works, you give, right, and um, we, 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 we did that in the, in the beginning of the year, or let me go maybe two, two three years back, um, when I was still coaching, and usually in the middle of the, in the, in the school holidays, I never got money. In the school holidays, I only got paid. You did work, you get paid. Unfortunately, that was the system that I put up for myself, so that's my own fault. Um, so then it came to holidays, and I didn't get pay. And then I, so I used to work it out like that, that I would save, that in the holidays I would have enough money. But now I got married, and, and then as kinders, and as doeke, and as die, and as, and so gaan die geld net, and jy weet nie, waar toe gaan die geld nie. And then, and then it happened that in the, it was now coming to April, was going to close, and then I had to give a tithe. And if I gave this tithe, all my money was finished. And May was coming. You obviously, but obviously for May I had to eat now, I had to love, I had to do things and so on. Everything has already been paid, but I had to give this tithe. And um, so, and I said to myself, even if I have to suffer, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give the tithe. I gave the tithe. That month, I got more money in than when I worked. We went to Chababas. We, we just did things. And when I, and usually because you calculate every time because you have to give tithe. So, and when I calculated all up, added it all up, I saw that I actually got more money than when I was working. And what actually happened was we wanted to go to Chababas and I said, there's no money. And uh, they said, yeah, and then said my fro, yeah. Maar as ons nou nie gaan nie, wanneer sal ons ooit gaan? En sy werk alweer op my. And I thought to myself, man, let's just go. Let's just trust God. We, we used in the last bit of money to put on some ties or something like that, and we went. When I got to Vintuk, someone phoned me. And they said, what is your bank account number? 
I'd like to put some money into your account. And they put a 800 or something like that in. And, and so it just went on that whole uh, month. And we actually ended up getting more. Right? So, um, when, you, when you don't trust the Father, when, you, when you're covetous, yeah, ufasa nechut. Right? Yeah, 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 ufas. And it becomes difficult to give. It becomes difficult to let go. Right? And you constantly, but when you know God as your father, you learn to release, you release, you let go, and so on. Right? So, covetousness will always put you first. Will not put God first. You will be in a wrestle. You will always be in a battle. And you want God to be first. So, God says, Jesus says, when you pray, please pray about the kingdom first. Okay, glorify your Father, hallowed be thy name, all the stuff. Then when you pray, start praying about the kingdom. Then when you, after that, start praying about the Father's will. What does the Father want? What does He want? When, when the Lord started teaching me about the Father's prayer, later on, I, when I wanted to pray, I didn't know what to pray. In the beginning, I had a struggle to pray because my prayers were dominated by my desires and I mean I even I'm now to the place where I even stop really praying about spiritual desires I have you know I, I'm, I'm coming to the place where I know the father knows what he wants to do in my life all I have to do is follow his will and he, he knows, if you also know there's some things that needs to be dealt with in my life, just follow his will. He leads me because if I deny myself to do his will, pick up my cross, inevitably he's going to deal. That itself is going to deal with things in my life. But what happens is, is that when we choose to follow our own will, then the desires in us rise above and they swallow us. They drown us in depression or in, into pride and all these types of things. They take us in. And so when we learn to deny our will, we in, eventually, it does deal with the stuff in our hearts. It deals with the stuff because, because there, there is the, there's the cross that's being applied. And the cross is there to crucify all the affections that are in you. All the desires that are in you. That's why obedience does lead to your death. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus, it says, He was obedient to the point of His death. So, don't try and crucify yourself. You see, that's what Christians are always doing. They're trying to crucify themselves. They're trying to kill themselves. Don't kill yourself. Don't crucify yourself. All you need to do is follow the will of God and you will end up being crucified. You will end up finding yourself, I am dead with Him. Because as you are battling and struggling with these things, you're talking to the Lord, you're dealing with it, and all those type of things are, are being worked on.
Okay, so go with me to James. James chapter 4 verses 1. So, when you pray, see how busy. So when you pray, ask yourself if you want to analyze your, your, your position or your standing with the Lord or your maturity with the Lord. Ask yourself, what are you praying for when you pray? When you pray, it's about all the things you want. How long do you pray about those things? How long do you pray about those things? And then, at the end, ask yourself, did you ever pray about the Father's will? Now, a lot of believers can find themselves in all those questions, answering, okay, I prayed about everything I wanted, I prayed long about it, and I never asked, what is your will? Because covetousness makes you focus on what you want. Covetousness makes you focus on what you want. Okay? So, verse 1 here. From where do wars come? Maybe you can give me another translation. Modern King James. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Okay. Uh, next one. You lust and you do not have, okay? Covetousness is a lust, okay? The, 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 the word for lust is, is a, in the Greek, is con, uh, it come, means also concupiscence, which is a, a general desire. That means it can be different things, but it is, it's that one same desire, right? Although it may be in one person, a simple example, he might be going after the pen, you might be going after the shoes. You might be going after uh, a nice car. We're all pursuing maybe different things, but it's the same desire. Okay? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Okay, before you go on, so, this is with makar. That's why many times you're fighting with one another. You say you fight with one another and you war because of your desires that you have. Okay? That can lead to it. Okay? The next one. So he says you do not have because you ask not. Then the next one. Verse 3. You ask but you don't receive. Because you ask amiss, or you're asking, you're actually missing it, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Okay? 
the old King James will say, you spend, that you may consume it upon your lusts. Right? So, so you're asking and you're asking and you're asking and you're asking, but it's covetousness that's driving you. It's a lust for something, and that lust is going to cause that you spend everything on yourself. Give me the old King James now. I like the old King James. You're better. Okay, but that one, spend it all on yourself. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. So you don't get what you are asking for because you're, 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 it's all about what you want. It's what you're coveting is what you are going after. You're all, you're all with me. You're all with me. And he says... When you do get it, you'll just spend it all on yourself. You'll consume it. It's like what I said. The minute you get that promotion, the minute you get that raise, the minute you get whatever, it just all gets spent on yourself. All the last things that you desire. I gave you, an, uh, I gave you that example. Okay? I gave you that example. For example, right now with your salary and everything you have, you very, you don't look like you want anything and uh, minute you get that raise all of a sudden you can know alles dink wat jy nou ewerskielik nodig het huh? you know like I said you know when we got money I said oh. then I started thinking man I must get myself a suit man a one piece suit ek was here a one piece suit I've got, I've got tons of jackets right? I don't really wear them but I got jackets, uh, these suit jackets, I don't know what you call them. Is it blazers? Blazers, yeah. Got blazers. And, and I've got pants and I can make them fit together and look nice. And, uh, you know, and I was really tempted to buy the suit, you know, and I was, I was making up excuses. I must also have a one piece. You know, and, and you know, what if we have important functions? You know, I need that one suit that I can also can make up all the excuses and I think of all the things. And eventually I said, no, but am I really worried about that? I mean, I don't really, I really, I sometimes don't really worry about how I dress. My vrou with me, she can't so trick. She can't so trick. You must have presentable like is a pastor, of is a dit, and I said, ach, moet ek nou alweer die kleren uittrek, en uh, die type goed is, so, um, and I said, no man, I don't need that suit, I am pretty fine and happy, going with a pants, and a jacket, that doesn't really look the same, and I do look, presentable, and nice, why must I go buy, a suit, you understand, you can, and I never used to think about that suit, that one piece suit. And, but you see how immediately when you get, you can think on stuff that you would want to do and get and this. And, it, and you know the list can just go on. And go to the shops. Dan kan jy Right? And, uh, and then many we call it needs, but then it's actually, we term it needs, but once it's actually gemakkelijkheid. Everything just makes it more comfortable for you. 
right? And so again, remember, we're talking about covetousness. Um, there's nothing wrong with buying yourself stuff. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that covetousness makes you spend it all on yourself, right? So you will end up, you will end up spending it on yourself. So if you've ever wondered why you've prayed for something and you just never got it, maybe you should check what lust it is in your heart. Because he says you ask, but you don't get. Right? You ask, but you don't get. Learn to leave it to the Father. To give it over. I was thinking the, the other day in the week, I was... You know, maybe someone could see that lately I was I'm wearing a different shirt and a different this and clearly like neat and verschillend and so on. But no more than say, hello, I get a copy. It was everything that was given to me, you know, and all those type of things. So in that sense, what I'm saying is the father is clothing, you know? And uh, so I'm I'm leaving it like that. Okay, go with me to uh, Luke chapter 12. Oh no, give me rather Matthew chapter 6. Give me Matthew chapter 6 because it's in the context of the prayer. The context of the prayer. Matthew chapter 6. Go with me all the way to... uh, Give me uh, 24... Covetousness makes you, you know, and that's why a lot of Christians are unhappy. That's why a lot of Christians are unhappy. Um, I, I gave you the example when I was staying there across the service station, that little flat there at the back, falling apart. Oh, but I was so happy. I was so content with where I was. Stephen Smithy was he. Salons, no way did I play a trick at And then obviously later on I had a desire for my, um, for my privacy, you know, being able to pray to the Lord in private and, and those type of things. And, um, but I was so happy there. I, there. There are so many memories there of me and the Lord. There was encounters after encounters after encounters things I can tell you that happened there praying alone in that flat with the Lord the moments I've had with him Um, so that place sort of had like a uh, I was sort of attached to it emotionally maybe I don't know but but I was satisfied even though the roof was falling even though it was hanging like this you know and the Salt was eating. You could see the bricks already. All the cement that they had put there had been eaten away. And every time I had to take the broom and just sweep out the um, stuff or whatever, go into the bathroom because of the rain, it's net muff, alles hier Some of us, you know, were there. You, you would confirm what I'm saying. But I was happy. I liked where I was staying. But if you had to put someone who, who was covetous in my flat back then, 
Jere, pray Jere, gee my een groter plek. Jere, ik vertrouw u dat ik een groter plek zal krijgen. Jere, alsjeblieft, praise. You, you would go into praying. You would, you would be. And I mean, eventually the Lord. I mean, the Lord did give us a bigger place, and we did go in. And when it came to the need of when I got married. I needed a bigger place. We got a bigger place. When we had children, we needed a bigger place. That place was really too small for us. So we needed a bigger place. The Lord gave us a bigger place. But it wasn't the covetous desire. It wasn't something that bothered and drove me after things. It wasn't why I worked. It wasn't why I did things. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, um, and you, need to, so you need to check that. Like I said, put someone else in my flat back then, they would have been very, very unhappy. Very, very depressed. And uh, so on. Okay, this one. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Right? So here it has to do with the love, Right? The esteem. And that means where your heart is. Okay, is your armor summit me? You cannot serve two masters. That doesn't mean leave your work. That doesn't mean you can't have a business or company or go to school or teach, be at school or work at the bank. That doesn't mean any of that. Right? That doesn't mean any of that. What it simply means is identifying who is your source. If you see your job as your source and not God, then you will love. You will be loyal to your job. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't be loyal to your job. You must be, when we, if when we do get into the job place, you will see that I will tell you that actually you've got to be the servant there. You've got to be so loyal and faithful and committed. So I'm not talking about being disloyal to your work. But your, your loyalty, your love, you will, you will think less of God than, than, and you will think highly of the one that is sourcing, the one that you see sources, you, provides for you. Do you all understand that? It has to do with, because he's saying, you love the other, you will hold to the other one. You'll hold to the one. So what is he dealing with? He's dealing with the love. Okay? So in this area, he, he could even be talking about the love of money. As we spoke in 1 Timothy chapter 6. The love of money is the root of all evil. So we could be arguing about money. Even we can argue about money in the, in the marriage. We can argue about money. Dis my geld, ek werk vir dit. Hoe, hoekom moet ons nou saam sit en het nou uit en nou nie is myne? Jy gaan nie vir my sê, wat moet ek met my geld doen nie? Ek sweet vir dit. Alright? I think my uh, partij mense sê, hulle kan nie geloo, my vrou, my vrou, sê net een beersie, maar sy kom vraag vir my vir geld. En so, you know, en partij mense sê, as het, Ik was nooit. Man, je had dit geld vragen. You understand? Uh, the point is, the point is the love. The, 
But who do you esteem? Who do you think highly of? Okay. So give me the next one. So obviously the one, the one that you love has your heart. If you love money, that's where your heart is. Remember Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Is God your treasure? Or is it the money or the job or whatever it is? Is that the treasure? Then that is where the heart is. If my perception of it is, is the key here. It's how I perceive things. It's how I see it. Do I see this thing? You know, and so on. So now he says, therefore I say unto you. So in other words, there's always therefore because of? Before. Now remember we're dealing with the intent of the heart. The word that the Lord gave was, the word is going to discern the intents and the thoughts of the hearts of man. So we're after the intention, the driving, the causing, the seeking. Okay. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Okay. The word thought there doesn't mean you can't think about tomorrow. It means anxious. Anxious. He is worried. He is geplaat. You can't sleep. Where uh, it, it's bothering you. Anxiety. Um, I'll give you another good example. Um, when I, before I got married, long before I even met Marianne, when I was still staying at my flat, my then. And then when I was staying there, I was actually earning quite a bit of money because I was very busy at the school, the, the tennis school. And, but I just used to give. One person used to say, yes, J.B. Connie. Now I know sometimes people abuse it. And uh, sometimes they said, yo, they economy my car by me in Patali. That's two days and I said, okay, he's 2008. Pay it for them. Then they said, they know they'll give it back. They never gave it back. Um, and you know, I had to guard my heart and I said, oh, it's fine. I won't worry about that. But then there came a day, I think many years later, when I was in need. Then the Lord spoke to that lady and said, Jay skilled thy man geld. <laughs> and that person came, phoned me, and said, Won't you come see me? Wrote me a check. Gave me a little bit extra. Thank you that you died for my help. Okay. But anyway, so uh, then I, so at the end of the month, my money was finished. I wasn't saving. And everybody was talking to me about save, 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 save. And uh, you know, when, you, when you're young in the Lord, you can be very reckless also. And uh, to save, man, die is wel achter my zorg. To save, 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 goed is. And then, but now it started bothering because everyone is talking about it the whole time. And I said, yeah. So I'm like, Lord, one day I'm going to get married. Walking there, down that uh, driveway, out, walking out of my flat, going down the driveway, and I'm talking to the Lord. Now when I talk to the Lord and I'm walking back then, you mustn't greet me because I won't notice you. I'm, I'm so focused on what I'm talking. You know, for me, man for me say, is that I'm on I say, who come? I say, nee, ek het jou gegroet, 
I greeted you in town. I walked past you. I looked you in the eye. You, you looked me in the eye. And I greeted you and you never greeted me. I said, when did that happen? I literally did not see the person. And I had to explain to the person and so on. So I'm talking and I'm walking. I'm talking to the Lord. And I said, now I'm starting to say, Heere, kijk hier so. Ek gaan trouw een dag. Ek moet in een plek in trek. Um, Daar is klomp dinge wat moet gebeur, Lord. Lord, shouldn't I save like what the people is saying? Now, I don't have a problem with saving. I'm not saying you can't save. I think the Lord was teaching me something. Right? He was teaching me. It's where he was with me. Okay? That's where he was with me. Okay? So I'm not saying anything about you cannot save. And, and then the Lord, I said, Lord, maybe I should save like what the people are saying. You know, just put it. And immediately the Lord gave me a scripture. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. And I knew it was the Lord. And I said, okay, fine. Ek gee he said, I'll just keep giving the way I'm giving. And obviously, so I never saved. When the, when the day came that we, Marianne and I said, okay, we're going to get married. To say, here, the day had aangebreek. I spoke to him, I said, Lord, the time is now here. It's now time to provide. And I think we got about something like close to 60,000 or something I get. And we had a wedding, cash, we had... We, uh, honeymoon cash, we moved into a place cash, we bought things cash, we did everything debt free, okay um, we really blessed and everything so the Lord was faithful, he came through, now what I'm saying the reason why I'm saying that is because the thought, the anxious, the anxiety yara, yara, yara. okay those type of things, and then he says for uh, do not take thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? When the time came, the Lord clothed. I mean, uh, I, had, I had nothing, almost. I mean, Marianne had more than what I had um, uh, Back then, then she was earning more than what I was earning. And she had a car. I didn't have a car. Uh, she had uh, sofas and I didn't have that stuff. She had knives and forks and all those mooie weet cheap and plastics and cups and all I got this stuff. But when the time came, the Lord clothed. The Lord added. I mean, we bought that bed cash. We bought that uh, fridge cash. We bought that uh, washing machine cash. We bought another one, another sofa chair there cash. And, you know, we moved in, put cash, and we paid some cash. And everything. we went on all these type of things. And there's really a long line and list of testimonies of how when we needed it, God just added and clothed. But he says, you must not be anxious about it. Now, I'm, what I'm getting to here is, if you are covetous, then you're running after the eating, the drinking, and the clothing. When you are covetous. Now Jesus said, uh, let me just skip down here. 
Verse 31. Give me verse 31. So Jesus, Jesus saying a lot of things. He talks about the lilies and he talks about the ravens and all those type of things. And then he says, take no thought for thought saying, what shall we eat? Now thought is anxiousness. Is you can't sleep tomorrow. Uh, you can't sleep tonight. You know, you're, you're is gepla, you know. But you can think about the future. Think about what you are going to do or where you are going. Jesus is talking about the anxiety. When anxiety has gotten you and covetousness is driving you, this takes all your focus. Um, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed. Right, next one. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. You are not a Gentile. You are the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, the book of 1st, 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 talks about give no offense to the Jews, to the church, and to the Gentiles. God sees three nations in the world. The Gentiles includes all the people that are not naturally Jews, but unsaved. Those are Gentiles. That's why the book of Ephesians chapter 2 says you, are gen you were Gentiles in the flesh, but you are now the church of Jesus Christ. That's how God sees you, right? So you once walk like he says, you seek for, for your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. The word know there means that he, is a, he knows what, you, what your need is. He's aware of your need. He knows what you, need to, what you need and he is doing something about it. That's what that word know means. Your father, right? So, he says, but all the Gentiles are seeking the eating and the drinking and the clothing. Um, coming from Luke chapter 12. All the Gentiles are seeking to be clothed with the abundance of possessions. A man's life consists not out of the abundance of the things that he possesses. We are all running after possessions, positions, uh, titles, all these. These are the temptations that are in the world. We are pursuing them we are pursuing having a name having a great name um, being standing out we have we are pursuing all these type of things and that's what the bible calls about the pride of life right for example that's why uh, it even happens here as a, as a pastor i can i can pursue to be the 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 greatest pastor or i can pursue Lord, let me serve you like no man has ever served you before. You know, or um, those type of things that you pursue that causes you to stand out above others. Right? That gives you um, that preeminence over people. So, Jesus says, you must not seek those things. All the Gentiles are running after. That means, if you look at this thing as trends or rivers or flow, everybody's going in this direction. Everybody's, why are they seeking it? They have covetousness. They're running after these things. Now Jesus, uh, give me verse 33, let me... 
But seek ye first the kingdom of God. So he says, don't seek, don't run, don't go after it. Now you see, this is Matthew chapter 6. In the beginning of the chapter, we spoke about prayer. When you pray, say, it's the same chapter. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Right? And daily bread does not talk about food. If you look at it in the context, it is talking about actually looking for the word daily. It's, look, it says, give us this day, daily bread. Why don't you just say, give me this day bread? To d- give me this day, daily bread. The word daily there is a Greek word, epiosis. Epi, which two words together, epi and osis. Epi means to descend, to come. Come down. And osis means a substance. So in other words, let the substance that you feed the sons of God with, which is bread from heaven. And what does this bread do? It makes me stand as a son. It causes me to live. It gives me the necessary Uh, ingredients because in the bread is the grace Uh, John 1 verse 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God verse 14 that same word was made flesh and dwelt encamped tabernacled tented put up a temple with us that's what the word encamped means and then he says and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word, the bread. The word is full of grace. What is the ingredients in the bread? It's grace. And grace is what you need so that you can say like Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I am what I am by the grace of God. Right? That's why the first temptation in the wilderness Are you hungry? What are you going to eat from? No, Jesus said, I will not eat from that one. I will eat from out of the mouth of God. That is my daily bread. That is how you sustain me in the wilderness. You make bread rain down from heaven. In the wilderness, every day, God rained down bread from heaven. Give me this day Daily epiosis, come down. Daily bread. Give me this day, the bread I need that will sustain me, that will help me to overcome the wilderness. Help me to love the way you want me to love. That's what that word, give me this day, my daily bread. That's not that. Right? It's not that. It is. After you have prayed about the kingdom and the world, look for the food that feeds you. Look for the stuff that makes you love the way you should love. And that should be daily. That's why in the wilderness, he gave them everyday bread. That's why in the tabernacle, they had to put everyday bread on the table of showbread. Every day. Now, New Testament... It's, that was in the wilderness. Now, Jesus is in the wilderness. I live by that word. You are in your wilderness. You need that bread. 
You need that bread to love. If you don't get that bread, you won't love. You won't be able to love like a son. Because that bread that comes down from heaven not only has the ingredients, that's why the word says, the word of God says, uh, God will, uh, grace and peace be multiplied you through the knowledge. How do you get grace? You need knowledge. How does knowledge come? God must speak. God must teach. So in the knowledge is the grace. In the knowledge is the grace that you need. Right? And that's why it needs to be your daily life. Okay. Let me try and just close. End of somewhere here. So, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God says, make my kingdom your priority. Make my will your priority. You can be saved, you can be born again, call yourself a child of God and all that. But unless you're someone who's seeking to do the will of God and going and doing it, you are not standing practically as a son. So he is saying here, if you are going to focus on my will, you are going to have to learn how to leave the eating and the drinking to me. That is what he's saying. And I mean, I can, I, can, I can just testify of those scriptures. I can give the, the testimony of the word. Um, when, God said, when God said to me, it's the father's responsibility to take care of his children. That means, you see, but it's difficult to do that because we don't know the father. We know Jesus. And there's, I'm not anything, I mean, like I said, I talked to you, I mean, uh, but we don't know the Father. Do you know who He is? Do you know that He's faithful? Do you know? Do you understand? If you get to know the Father, then it, then it changes now the way you begin to operate or function. So, as long as you are worried about things, please tell me how do you do it? Because I can't do it. Tell me how you do it. How do you pray about the Father's will when you're worried about the food and the bread and the drink and the clothing? I mean, you can try, you can try and pray for someone. You can try and pray, oh, Father, thy kingdom come. Maar jy dink in die achterkop, Heere, waar gaan ek het kry? You can't. The only way you can release yourself from that burden is to rest in the Father's love for you. The Father who will not fail to take care of you. He will not fail to take care of you. If if you have covetousness, you're going in a different direction. You are seeking the things that the world seeks. You're running with that trend. And you could find yourself stuck in the wilderness. 
Because now you are, what's the word, susceptible, am I saying it correct? To, to the temptation that takes place in the wilderness. The temptations that are there. And you will end up serving, not the Lord, but you'll serve mammon, as we read. Covetousness, if you don't deal with it, you will end up serving mammon through that desire. And you will not be serving God. I know you can go to church, you can sing songs, you can cry, you can, I know, I know this is a, I know that this type of message is very tough. You understand? So I know you can, I'm not saying you're not saved, I'm not saying you don't go to church, all those type of things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, who are you serving? I know you're born again, but who are you serving? Who, who, do you, who do you despise? Who do you love? Who do you hate? Who are you committed to? Whose will are you doing? Whose will are you doing? What are you, what are you praying about? Okay? And we, you know, and again, I'm, I'm telling, I don't want you to misunderstand. There's nothing, this has got nothing to do with the workplace. This has not, nothing to do with leaving your work. But if that's the will of God, then fine. But in the majority case, it is, it is the workplaces where you've got to learn to sort it out. Daniel had no covetousness in him. Daniel served God in a Babylonian system. And Daniel served Babylon or the king Nebuchadnezzar as unto the Lord. Bible says, servants, obey your masters and serve them as unto the Lord. So the way I serve you is, is the way I serve the Lord. I am serving God by serving you in the workplace. Right? So it's got nothing to do with coming out of your workplace. It's got to do with the perception of how you go in. When Daniel, when they wanted to give Daniel gold and silver because there was something, for example, they couldn't interpret the dream. Then uh, Bel Belshazzar or Belteshar oh, yeah, I know that one king, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, he said, I'll give whoever can interpret this writing on the wall. I'll give him gold and necklace and whatever. Well, remember Laban. You know who Laban is? Laban, when he saw, when he was still a, a little, a, a, a lighty, when he was still and his father was still living, and Abraham had sent his servant to, to, to his relatives. And Laban came out running. And when he saw Abraham's servant take out all the gold, come thou blessed of the Lord. He was so covetous after gold and silver. He said, oh, you're the blessed of the Lord. Come, 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 come. That years later when, when Laban's father died and Laban was now took over his father's business and when he saw Jacob and Jacob said, no, I am so-and-so's. 
He thought he was going to get some more silver and gold. But Jacob had nothing with him. And then he said, then later on he said, Nema, Nema, Jikani Blaini. What? You must work at least. Right? But he was at the point that he was covetous after the things. And the Bible says that Daniel, when they brought him to interpret, Daniel said, Daniel said, listen, the gold and the silver and the stuff, keep it. But I will interpret your dream. Not the dream, I think it's the writing on the wall for you. But as for the silver and the gold, keep it. That's not my thing that I want. I've got no covetous desire for that stuff. He interpreted it. And then what happened? They gave it still to him. Do you see? So the goal is to get clothed. The goal is to get promotion without a covetous desire. That is the goal. Do you understand? That is the goal. Because Daniel was clothed with silver and gold. I mean, he was probably living in a night. I mean, we're talking about in government. That's where Daniel was working. Daniel was working high up. Daniel wasn't a poor man. But this man had no covetousness. This man was not seeking the eating, the drinking, and the clothing. But this man was clothed in that system. God used that system to clothe him. Daniel was always opening his windows to Jerusalem, praying, longing for the longing for his God. He was, he was in that longing to go back to Jerusalem. His heart was with God. You, you understand that? And so one of the things you're going to see is that when you go into a, into a Babylonian system, when you go into your workplace, you got to do what Jeremiah 29 says. We all know Jeremiah 29 verse 11. What does it say? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm you, to give you open, a bright future. But go backtrack in the chapter. Yeah, I think around 5, 6, 7, 8 there. God says, God says to his people, pray for the peace of this place. Pray for the prosperity of this place. Build ye vineyards. Plant, build houses, plant vineyards. Go. Pray for the prosperity. So when you go into your workplace, you've got to be someone that's praying for this place to prosper. You've got to be someone that's praying for that place to have peace. Or something that the Lord dropped in my heart, He said, the miracles must now be taken to the marketplace. We always want to do it in the church building. But he said it must now go to the marketplace. That's why Daniel had those in the marketplace. Joseph had in the marketplace in that world. You all understanding what I'm saying? So the goal is to be promoted. The goal is to be clothed without a covetous desire. And so I'll end off with the scripture that we read. Psalm 75. I think it is. Psalm 75 verses 6. Just give me Psalm 75 verses 6. Okay? Psalm 75 verses 6. For promotion comes neither from the east, nor the west, nor from the south. How many times have you heard of that scripture? How many times have you heard that scripture prophetically prophesied to you? Or preached with charisma.
to you. Excitement and joy. Promotion. But promotion comes from God. But you must read the next. It doesn't just say it like that. The next verse says. But God is the judge. Oh. So he's judging. He's not just your savior. He's not just your redeemer. He's not just going to say, Ach, nee man. Jy is my oogappel. Jy weet, jy is my oogappel. Kom, ek gee jou man net die promotion. No, 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 no. Jy sê, nee, nee, nee. Hoe lyk jou werk? Wat? Remember, you're dealing with you and God. You pray, you, you, you want, you don't get, you ask, you, you receive not. Why? Because you covet us. Now, when I'm talking to God, and my, he sees, he judges. He judges the heart, the intent of the heart. He can see it. So God is the judge. He puts down one and he sets up another. So one will go higher and the other one will go down. Another one will get fired. Another one will go up. And you know what? God actually uses, whether it's, it's your boss or your supervisor or whoever is over you, he uses those people to deal with the stuff in you that are not right. So if your supervisor or your boss or whoever is complaining and on your case the whole time, is God saying, come up higher. Raise the standard. Raise the standard. You're not doing your work right. Why are you late? Kijk hierdie werk. Jy het niks gedoen nie. You understand? It's God using that person to train you, to develop you, to come up higher so he can bring you into a higher level of place of influence. Because that's the goal of the kingdom. To get you into a place of influence so that you can be the one that brings in the godly principles. So you will start like Joseph at the bottom. Think about it. Joseph was a slave. A slave. When he came to Egypt, he was down there. Then he moved to overseer. Right? So, the reason for speaking of all of this is God has a desire on his heart to promote. But he says, when he looks at, when it comes to promotion, he's judging. So, your work is right, but you cover things, but your work is not right. Now, but you for it, you credit it. Passes up your case. We ever, pastor, or we ever. Because that principle flows even in this environment. The way up, serve. At your work, the way up, serve. But you see, when you covet, you go work for yourself. You don't work to make that business prosper. 
You work for the things that you want. You work for the things that you need. Do you see what I'm saying? The intent. The intention, the motive, the driving force. The key to promotion when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to God, he thinks like this. And I'll end off here. He thinks like this. Who is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord makes ruler, promotion, ruler in his household? Why? So that when you come into that position, you don't oppress the people, you serve the people. Because you have learned how to serve. Because inevitably, if God brings you to that position, it is for you also to serve the people, to help them. Amen? So God is judging. You need to see that. And so you need to look at and see, do you understand promotion? And I was saying to myself in the week, I hope, I hope everyone is really dealing with the stuff in their lives because by the time we get to the stuff and if you haven't dealt, we go through the whole message and you say, but it didn't work for me. But you didn't do the check in your heart. You didn't do those things. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you and I pray, Father, that you will just come and uh, shine your light. Judge our hearts. Lord, you... When we say judge, you are the father who just sits and, and speaks to us and say, you know what, my son, I see the stuff you want, but you know your desire, your heart, is not right. Father, that is judging, looking. Speak to us. Speak to the things that are in our hearts and let us understand and see it. My father, and I thank you for the victory. Give us dreams if we need dreams. Give us prophetic word, words of knowledge through people. Send, Lord, just, Lord, we open our heart and we say, come. Try my heart. Search in me and look for what is in my heart. In Jesus' name.